Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. It is Wednesday morning. I am doing my requisite walk from therapy to work. It's a huge day. Tim Manley's birthday is today. Baby Wellington's birthday is today. My good friend Ben Wellington and Leslie Wellington have had a baby. Uh, I just got a text that I am an uncle. Uh, Ben Wellington's not really my, my brother. He's my, my Ben brother. There goes Christina Macchiarola. She doesn't see me. That's all right. Former coworker and hopefully future Cozy Zone guest. We'll see. Oh, boy. So lots of, lots of life happening today. Uh, lots of things on my mind. Uh, I'm super excited to present this episode, Zach Wager Shoal after Breakneck Ridge. Um, we went on a hike together, me and my friend Zach. Uh, Zach is a new friend. He is someone who I respect very much. He is an inspiration to me. Um, he is a handsome man. He's a dog walker. He's a theater artist. Uh, he is a, a fellow open relationship guy. Uh, he is Jewish, he is smart, he is sensitive, he lives a life of, of substance and leisure. Um, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about fear. Uh, he was very brave and generous and open talking about his, his thoughts about fear, and I really appreciate that. I think about fear a lot especially coming from therapy, there was, there was a metaphor that I stumbled upon today um, about roller coasters and feeling like, you know, a lot of my, my anxiety and fear in life uh, is like this terrifying roller coaster ride. And I am seeking, I'm seeking that moment where you get off the ride. I want it so badly. Um, and I'm, I'm working toward it. I'm finding it. It makes me think also of my recent experience with some some roller coasters uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was just there for the AATE conference uh, where I presented with some of my wonderful colleagues, Erica and Carolyn. Um, and we also went to the Wisconsin State Fair and rode the rides. We ate the cream puffs and we had some, some pork and a, a bacon pizza. And that, that is, uh, if you don't know, it's a pizza where the crust is made entirely out of bacon. Uh, I think it's gluten-free, which is useful if, if that is how you roll. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we went on that ride where it's like a boat and it goes upside down. Uh, and, you know, I just, I just scared the living bejesus out of myself. And uh, I wept a little bit and, uh, and made a lot of great friends, made a lot of... Uh, New York City arts education friends, uh, and that was really wonderful. Oh, we saw a pig race. It was really great. Uh, Piggy Menage, uh, Hammy Faye Bacon, 
Uh, these were some of the pig racing names. Very charming. Uh, I love uh, I love the cows. I love to look at the cows. Uh, saw some sheep and goats. Um, yeah, it was really nice to be in my hometown. Uh, it was really nice to be there for work. It was the first time I'd ever stayed in a hotel. Um, yeah, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling really really charged up this morning. Uh, you know, and I, I'm I'm excited to to share this this episode with you. You know, it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, you cozy zone friends are very patient, very generous. Uh, I just want to thank you as always for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, you know, please please keep sending me your love, your your feedback, your questions, your suggestions. Uh, you can find me. On Instagram, Ben Weber Projects. You can find me on Twitter at Cozy Zones. BenWeberProjects.com is where the podcast lives. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Um, give me an email, Ben at SmashType.com. Everyone, without further ado, I am honored to present to you the dulcet sounds. Zachary Wager Scholl after Breakneck Ridge. So Zach, we're we're in the cozy zone. Okay. So says I. So I so I uh, assert. So we're here. So we're here. Um, can you tell us about where where we are right now? Where we've come from? I can help. We um, are walking parallel to the Hudson River, um, sort of outside Cold Spring, New York. And we came from the Breakneck Ridge Trail, which is part of the Hudson Valley New York State Trail System. And we traversed over much terrain down mountains, and we're on the other side of that. Absolutely. Definitely there were some up mountains, too. There's uh, many ups. Rock scramble, I think, is the is kind you, of my, my phrase of the day. Yeah, you coined that phrase. I there did. Well, no, I, it, it's on the signs. Oh, the, that's the, true. The signs, I'll say, watch out for the rock scramble. This is a rock scramble, they warn you. I didn't even see those signs. Oh, yeah. I love a sign. <laughs> you, I love rules. You do. It's true. <laughs> I love avoiding danger. Is, uh, this, is, this is what and I'm yet, noticing in the last few days. And yet you came with me to Breakneck Ridge. Indeed. I, you know, it's tr- I'm trying to face, face, face your fears. my fears, which are, which are numerous, but, oh. you know, it's okay. But here, we're, here we are facing it. Um, in safety. In safety. Absolutely, and uh, and what we are deeming as our, our cozy experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is uh, this. It feels really nice to be on the other side of a very physically uh, intense experience. Yeah. So so our our setup is a little interesting right now. We can make any adjustments that we need to, but so I, I have the little digital recorder, and we have we're sharing some headphones. But I brought my whole like audio setup, save for one key chord. Uh, and this is this is actually much less cumbersome. All right, we're gonna make a left here, continuing on the blue trail. On a yeah, now we're on a real trail. Real trail. Before is, we were on a paved road, which you you were uh, you, you didn't seem to be very fond of. You, no, because no, I wanted more hiking. Yeah. 
I wasn't ready for the pavement. There are these really funny uh, concrete puzzle piece things on the ground. Uh, we're, we're near the road now. We're, we've like come down the mountain completely. Yeah, we're down the mountain. Nice we're gravel. like right next to the road. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, this is going to be interesting. What? What was? What was your favorite part of our hike today? Um. I think, I mean, I always, I always love the views, you know? Yes. I love the, the, um, different levels of summits that we got to and kept going higher and higher. Yes. Because it really, I just love the, um, you know, perspective and I love the feeling of, you know, this, how small we are in relation to what's around us. So that, that was like a favorite. Um... I have to say, I was, I was particularly moved by all of the ruins we came across. Yeah. Uh, we, we just saw, I think we've decided at least at the moment, that these are ruins of wood mills, mm-hmm. uh, because we don't really know what exactly they are. But this this last one where we were, were there are all of these different levels of fireplaces. Yeah, indicating different stories yes. of a building. Um, and yeah, it just felt like this sort of enchanted elven place like I was thinking a lot about magic and uh-huh, you know uh-huh. what kind of people lived in this yeah this this house made out of stones and wood and wood because there was a fire yes I deemed yes no I and you you showed us all evidence of that. <laughs> yeah those were pretty remarkable there was a couple of them too uh, that's right I, I also, I want to share, too, that, like, there was a moment when we were on the Q train this morning mm-hmm. where I was literally, like, overwhelmed with excitement about, like, what we were about to do. Like, I was so excited <laughs> to see Grand Central Station. Like, yeah. I love Grand Central Station. I love riding the train. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, getting out of New York City in this, I mean, this is a, uh, this is rough terrain here we're going down. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I have to say, like, part of part of the reason uh, part of the reason I was excited about talking with you on the cozy zone, yeah, um, is is specifically talking about uh, you know open relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you can. I, I, I'm just gonna share, and we can get back to it whenever it feels appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I, I appreciated uh, our conversation. It, it feels like, you know, I, I feel like I am, I'm learning a lot and growing uh, in my open relationship. And it seems mm-hmm. like you, uh, you have been practicing yours for many years and are experienced. And uh, yeah, but you never stop growing. Of course. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, I, I value your experience and, uh, you know, would love to keep talking about it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that one, another highlight was, um, 
the uh, um, how we talked about gender yes. and our and friendships gender and friends, relations, yes. gender friends in relation <laughs> and our own um, different trajectories of what that looks like or yep. what that looked like in our like growing up and then as adults and what it looks like now and what we're thinking about and you know this was all amidst many many what I would call dude bro hikers <laughs> of which I come to these places actively to avoid but we were flocked right I could not <clears throat> could not escape them it is rife with rife. dude bros and seeing their camaraderie and their friendship was so interesting to me because oh there's this gorgeous iridescent gorgeous. like emerald emerald bug. green bug I could have done with seeing more of the emerald green bugs than the dude bros. Agreed. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, we're following this emerald green bug as, as much as we can here. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll find a new magical creature. Right. Um, I also appreciated our discussion of uh, spirit animals <laughs> and, and potential tattoos. I think uh -huh. that's like, that's really, that's a really interesting thing um uh-huh i uh just to so yeah so there we're, we're sort of we're laying the groundwork here we're we're creating our idea generators here we're creating the pool of things in which to dip in and out of um i uh it was it's interesting so to speak of like thinking about gender and friends yeah so the the basic trajectory of my life is like all dudes up until I, I went to college, um, all like straight cis dudes, mm -hmm. and then when I came to New York, oh my god, I came to New York, and we've arrived, we've arrived in civilization, I see some porta potties Yeah, we're at the beginning of the cold spring trail, oh, oh. we're about to start walking oh, it's alongside. Caitlin, Caitlin Cry, hello, <laughs> good to see you. Good, how are you? Yeah. You remember Matt? Yeah, hey Matt. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, good to see you. Hi. Zach? Hi, nice to cool. meet you. Nice to meet you. What have you guys been doing? Oh, we've, been, we've been hiking uh, Breakneck, Breakneck Ridge. Ridge. We're on the other side Whoa. of Breakneck Ridge. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. That's supposed to be pretty advanced. Pretty. Well, well you, you yeah. was your first time. It was really hard. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're <laughs> oh. doing we're just something a little more leisurely. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy. Well, cool. well done. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, and you guys are just doing a little hike? Just a little stroll. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a beautiful day for it. It's a beautiful it. day. Yeah, it's gorgeous. We're already sweating a little. Yeah. Hopefully we won't get any ticks. They're yeah. really worried about ticks around here. Oh. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of... Check yourself. Check we your will. beds. We will. When you get back. We will. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, good luck. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks very so much. Good yep. to see you. Yeah. Obviously, uh... Was that on tape? That was... Oh, of course. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah, Caitlin and Matt were my colleagues at Film Forum. Oh. Uh, check them out. Filmforum.org. Uh, but I don't think... I, I don't know if Matt works there anymore. I think the sound is fine if you want to yeah. maybe do sans headphones. That'd Great. Um, yeah, it feels a little more... Natural. Natural. Oh, man, okay. Hello. Hi. It was really great. Yeah, yeah. I hear there's a lot of ticks around. Um, we didn't see if any. If you're like chopping through the forest off the trail in tall grass, then you should definitely check yourself. Okay. We weren't doing that. Yeah. We like laid by a stream and had lunch on a clearing. Yeah. And stayed by the trails. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. always 
suggest just check. doing a quick tic yep. tac. Great. Any freckles that you've never seen before, just brush them off. Okay. Um, yep. No weird YouTube videos, just yeah. tweezers, face, palm on I've never had a tick on these trails, not to say you can't. Great. Awesome. I haven't either. Thank you. Great. Thanks very much. So this, yeah, this is this is the this is what we do. We just sort of live our life, yeah, in a in a jaunty, cozy fashion. See what comes. So now we we are headed toward Cold Spring. Yep, headed into we're, town. We are headed into town. Right. This is um, we're on a highway. Just for a little bit. For a little bit. Um, so enjoy, everyone. Surround sound. Surround sound. Um. So dude relationships, yeah. lady, like platonic lady relationships, I was saying that there was a, a period in my life where I could not fathom having a platonic relationship with uh, a female person. Oh, these are our, our lovers. What? The people who were doing it, they weren't really doing it. I don't recognize them. Oh yeah, but they were the ones in the ruins. Oh, right, they were. Yeah. Right, the ones doing it. The ones doing it. Um, is that, like, you, I think that is not your experience. You could, it, like, sort of, you you could fathom having platonic relationships with people of all genders. Yes. And for, like, for most of your life, would you say? Well, I was saying earlier um, on the hike that my community and like source of core like deep friendships and family have all been with women and like I grew up like as like a queer teenager like really in um dyke community and femme community and that's sort of where like my politics have always been yes um and so it's only been these last couple years that I've had more relationships platonic relationships with men um, and just, like, more men in my life in general. And I'm very interested about that and, like, what that means. And, like, I'm interested about, in about, like, um, intimacy, like, platonic intimacy amongst men, straight, you know, but also, like, queer men. And, like, it's all fascinating to me. Yes. I'm a little ambivalent about my relationship to it. But I think it's, you know, it's thoughts and process just about how, um, these relationships form or get diminished by patriarchy. All that, all that yeah. good stuff. You know. Now, when you say your relationship, like your relationship, we're going to veer to the right. Okay, great. Um, to the platonic relationships between straight men, like, you, like, what is your relationship with that relationship? I'm my. What's my relationship in thinking about? Like, I'm, I'm like my. Like, the ambivalence you... Like, yeah. Like, just, like, I'm ambivalent about um, how much I care thinking about platonic <laughs> or, like, men's community, you know? <laughs> right. Like, right. I was saying earlier that there's this summer camp that I go to every year yeah. for, like, queer Jewish men, and it was really the first time in my life... I started going when I was 22, um, and I'm 28 now. Um, so I really sort of like spanning from my early 20s to like late 20s growing, going there every summer. It was the first time I was ever in 
an all-male identified space. Ah. Mostly, predominantly cis guys. Yeah. Some trans guys. But, like, first time in, like, an intentional men's space. And at first I was like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Really skeptical. (laughs) Major eye rolls. Like, ugh. Yeah. But there's beauty. There's intimacy. There's, um... It's, there's value to men talking about um, emotions and feelings and life experience with each other. Yeah. You know, I think that shouldn't be diminished. No. Um, so these are just like all, you know, as we traversed amongst the dude bros <laughs> with their arms around one another, yeah. I was just thinking about this. Well, and I think that something that came up that I'm still sort of chewing on is, you know, there are not... There are not societally acceptable models for, you know, straight dudes emoting with each other. For sure. Like, unless they're, like, Christian. Like, I'm Ugh. thinking about, like, promise keepers or, like, oh. you know, where the stadium's filled with weeping men. I don't know from these stadiums. Uh, it was, like, I think I read it in a Time magazine when I was in middle school. And I was just like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to be, like, what is happening? Right. Um... But, like, yeah, like, there's no, like, it's not okay to have feelings, like... Right, there's very little space. Yeah. And... Like, yeah. And the the models of of gender identity are really limited as to how they, like, as to, like, being an emotional person. Yeah. And I'm trying, like, I'm really racking my brains to see, like, who in my life... So my buddy Tim... Uh, is doing a one-man show for the Fringe entitled Feelings. Uh-huh. And so, you know, and he is he's sort of grappling with his own queerness and his uh-huh. own, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that that is like, I think that's a pretty bold and unique representation or, or like, a, you know, at like asking like, oh, what does it mean for um, a guy to have a lot of feelings? Uh and, but, like, I, I'm really trying to think, like, celebrity-wise or, like, even, like, singers. Like, is there right. a musician that, like, have very emotional songs that cry? Like, men who cry and that's their thing? Oh, my God. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't think... I don't know either. Ah. Well, but so I think it's interesting that, like... Only, I, I don't know, in this like male identified only space, uh, is, is where like intimacy and feelings can happen. Like, I mean, it can happen elsewhere too. Sure, of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of love, so I, I, oh, this is nice. So we have a little sun and fragrance. There are these beautiful houses around us. There's a lake, some weeping willows. I love weeping willows. A marsh. Yep. Oh, it smells so good. The houses are not that beautiful. No. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tending, to, <laughs> listing toward the listing marsh. Listing towards the marsh. Yeah. I enjoy my female majority spaces in which I occupy most of my life like I work in an all uh, female office and I went to like a grad school with all women mm-hmm. um, and I don't know mm-hmm. I, I really I really liked it I really 
I mean, you know, there's sort of this yearning for maybe a, a slightly different energy, but I don't know. It, it just, it, it makes me, makes me listen a lot yeah. more yeah. than I would, I think. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I, I feel like in an all-male space, I would really want to fight to get my voice out. Like, I definitely would feel like, okay, uh, like, it's uh, time. It's time to get my voice out. I got to, like... I've got something to say. Yeah. Hello. And so I'm going to stand up or I'm yeah. going to do, you know, I'm going to make myself bigger. Um, but it feels, I don't know, it feels uh, okay to to not do that. Well, something I've always, something I've talked about um, with, like, other male-identified friends of mine who um, their, like, like, their friendships are predominantly women is that there's, like, like, I feel like I can always tell when, like, I'm around a man who is, like, a feminist in not just, like, I'm a feminist man, but, like, a feminist in practice in that, like, he exists in a community of women mm-hmm. and, like, um, has that as, like, an intrinsic value in his life mm. and his belief of, like, how he moves through the world and, like, th- like I feel like I can always, like, there's, like, an energy yeah. or, like, there's, like, a something, yeah. you know, that I can pick up on and, like, it's a real thing and, like, um, I always said, like, I don't trust a man that doesn't have best friends with women. Fair enough. I really just don't, as like a general kind of, not a hard and fast rule because I don't have many hard and fast rules, Right. but as far as it relates to other people, but like, <clears throat> as an overall statement. I think that's, I think that's fair, yeah. I, I feel real lucky for all of the friendships that I have, but yeah, I definitely... I mean, my Lisa, Lisa Lacasio. <laughs> uh huh. Lots of lots of love to you, girl. She's my, you know, my my best friend from college. Uh huh. And I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know. I I like. She has sort of shaped the way that I exist in the world so profoundly. Totally. Uh. That it's even like it, it's it feels like. The gender is is like the last bit of it. Mm. I don't know. I mean, of course it's important, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Just thinking about oh, just creativity and and art and and love and relationships and right. struggle and right. pain and right and you're right. Yeah. Um. And how you relate to yourself? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I also think a lot about, you know, gendered relationships to the body and, like, body image, you know? And, like, sort of thinking, like, there is so, there are so many, there's so much violence, I think, every day against women's bodies. I, I mean, everyone's bodies, but, like, well, just thinking about... You know, you have to look a certain way. You have to, you know, you know, you have to wage war against your belly fat. You need to, you know, do all these things that, like, I feel like before my friendship with Lisa, I wouldn't really have considered so much. Hmm. 
Uh, uh-huh. And I don't know. I think, like, I don't know. I just, I think a lot about how I view my own body and just, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people are looking at their, a lot of the women I know are very concerned about their bodies and talk about them in all sorts of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bodies are complicated. They're very complicated. And the world we live in is complicated. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's, like, violence against all bodies, but... Certainly. Some bodies benefit from the violence. Right. Or benefit in material ways, but maybe limiting in, in other ways. Yeah. And, you know, I think... You know, I I am constantly grappling with my own privilege, and like you know, my male pri- privilege, my white presenting privilege, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, class privilege, class privilege, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just just thinking about like how how do you. How do you immerse yourself in a, in a multitude of different experience and perspectives? It's like, I, you know, thinking like, oh, like, I'm only friends with dude bros. Then your, your worldview is smaller. Sure. Oh, yeah. But what did you want to talk about in regards oh. to open relationships? You know... The, the big question I have is like... That didn't come up on the hike. No. No. But it was something like... That was like the sort of urgent thing. So basically... Oh. What, meaning like that was the thing like... Oh yeah, well, this is what I want to talk to Zach about. Oh. Cozy zone. Frank, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... You know... Uh, how do you... How do you manage your time... Uh, in terms of like open relationships like I, that seems to be like the biggest ta- challenge like time sure. and space and sure. negotiating that sure well I get asked that question a lot mm-hmm. um, I think it's a it's a fair question um, I would say that I think there's like a prevailing norm that when you're in a significant relationship with someone that you spend that that then for means you spend lots of time together and that that's time is wrapped up in importance and and like how you um, the closeness you feel with someone and so I think for people um, who see me and my um, boyfriend as like a long term relationship that's like really solid that they are that like from the get-go we've never um had this norm that we will see each other all the time right like from the get-go of our relationship there's been a shared value in maintaining the friendships we have in maintaining the autonomy we have and maintaining the space for our own independence and our own existence in the world 
um, and to like not sacrifice those relationships. And so from the get go, there was there was space. Right. Um, so in terms of like, how do I plan and like make space and time for it? Well, it's never been a struggle. I mean, there has to, there's like been some flexibility and things ebb and things flow. Sure. Sure. Um, and it's, and, and I don't know. I think, yeah. So that just means I might see someone three times a month or which, which feels often to yeah. me. Oh, three definitely. times a month feels often. Yes. Um, it, it takes some scheduling. It takes some flexibility. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. Well, and it sounds like that, you know, there wasn't a lot of adjustment. Like, we're, right. Was we your... also don't live together. Right. That's huge. And so there's already a built-in distance in that way, right? Yes. Where we, like, don't share the same physical space. So I think if we were to do that... Um, it would definitely bring up a lot of logistical questions and negotiation around time. Absolutely. And were you were you always in an open relationship, you and your boyfriend? Yeah, Lucian and I have always been in an open relationship. Yeah. And so that, I think that's helpful too. So Nicolette and I have also always been in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. We do now live together, which does, you know, make uh, negotiation. It adds a, another layer of complexity and sort of boundaries and totally. and making that happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it sounds like, you know, as, as early as you can create the structures for your relationship, like, so that there's not a, you know, that, that, that provides an easy, I guess, sort of starting point, an easier starting point from which to grow and develop and, right. you know, uh, I guess, see other people. Right. And there has to be flexibility and relationships changing. Right. Like a structure in an open, in any relationship. Yeah. um, If it's built on something that's stagnant, it's not, in my experience, it's set up to fail. Absolutely. So we're, we're on, we're in like downtown Cold Spring. We're in the, we're on the main strip. On the main strip. And there's been like adorable antiques. There's so many antiques. Um, Oh, and it looks like, are we, is this the train station? We are going to go under the train station towards the Hudson River to the, to the docks, to the um, boardwalk. Oh, great. Great. Awesome. This is unbelievable. So it's a beautiful sunny day. It's like, it's like we're in some sort of old timey land of, of Americana. We're in a gentrified river town. Gentrified river town. Coldspring.org. That's uh, <laughs> .gov. I don't know. Um, this is fascinating. Yeah, it's going to get really echoey. Oh, great. As we get to the underpass. I suppose we'll we got to make the best of it. <laughs> Could sing the Cold Spring anthem. Um, if you know it, I do. I, it goes, Cold Spring, Cold Spring. Everyone drink from the Cold Spring. There's hot springs and warm springs, but this is a Cold Spring, Cold, Cold Spring. Oh my God. 
Do you know the second verse? I, I don't. Um, I, it's very similar to the first verse. Maybe, uh, you should, maybe you should, one verse. One verse. It's a single verse song. The, the second <laughs> verse is only is after, uh, after Labor Day. Oh. That's, so you lucked out. We lucked out. All right. Um, oh, my goodness. Susie Tortora's Dancing Dialogue. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, this is new. This is gelato. This is a gelato, and there's like a, a an intense lemonade dispenser. Um, nice. Yeah, oh, it's very nice. Rincon Argentino. I'm gonna get some lemonade. Great. Hi, how are you? How's the lemonade? So good. Oh, uh, yeah. So good. Regular, is there anything, is it just regular lemon and sugar, do you think? Lemon and sugar. Okay. No other. No essences. No other essences. Uh-huh. This is very pleasant. So there's this huge ridge mm-hmm. in front of us. Sim- On the other side. Similar to what we have traversed and scaled and conquered today. Ah. Um... What uh, what is what is the n- most nourishing part of your your relationship network? Would you say nourishing part of my relationship network? Insofar as like you know you 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 know you have a primary partner. Mm-hmm. You have you have other dates and sweeties. I do, and I don't know like sort of. When you when you take a step back and look at the look at you know look at this this lovely organism that is all of these people and your relationships with, with them, oh man, yeah. uh, what you know what what stands out? What glistens? I think I think what stands out for me is. Um, directing us towards the shade. Oh, great. What stands out for me is... Nice. Um, actually had to oh. Well, relation, different relationships bring out different pieces of people and different um, aspects and um, potentials and growth, right? And so I feel like what really glistens, what really glistens for me in my relationship network, as you put it, is just the um, the deep joy and. Um, Not luck, but uh, deep joy and um, I guess just joy that these different relationships add to my life and bring out these parts of my life. Like, in so much that, like, I feel like one person cannot fulfill every single thing for another person. Um, for me, 
it's it's about the sweetness of discovering and connecting and um, yeah that kind of connection um, that I've experienced I guess yeah kind of sounds really hokey but I mean not at all I mean true. you know the thing that you mentioned is that you know not not one person can fulfill every aspect of you I mean I, I think that's it's not hokey at all like it it resonates very deeply like being able to constantly grow constantly be able to like look at yourself in a new perspective right. and through the context right. of of someone else is really special and I, I think I mean I don't know in, in my experience rare just because right you know we're talking about a society that doesn't let dude bros be intimate or have emotional intimacy with each other that same society uh, you know prioritizes and favors monogamous heterosexual relationships like right. there's not a lot right. of room for right. open relationships right. or, you know loving more than one person like truly or honestly there's, right there's, well, yeah. yeah totally um, so you know what I'm hearing is you get to you get to be that much richer sort of in all of the people who you are with, who you love, mm-hmm. you get to you you get to sort of that a different part of you gets to, to resonate or, or shine and be expressed. Yeah. Um, yes. And that's not to say that people who you know are with one person can also have a, a very complex experience. Exactly. No. Totally. 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 Um, but I I mean I think you're right. Like you know it makes me think of two you know one of the, the joys of, of doing this podcast is I also, I mean, that's sort of the same same thing. Like, you know, I am a different person. I, I get to be a sort of a different person, a different side of me, uh-huh. you know, in a, in a sort of slightly uh, more uh, stylized way than like being in a relationship <laughs> with people. You know, I'm not, yeah. you know. But, uh, I mean, I think that that sort of ability to actively pursue and discover the, the various facets of your self is really amazing and interesting. I, I really appreciate what you said. I think that's mm-hmm. not hokey at all, but lovely. And I don't think a lot of people get to hear that. At least the people that I know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think part of the uh, part of the like my questions about it like you know you were sort of sharing with me your open relationship coming out story with your mom uh, uh-huh um and you know and it was this uh, you can share it if you'd like would do would you mind sharing it a little bit um sure uh well it uh it's about a year ago or so and um It came up in that, um, so like all of the different relationships I've been in, or I'm in currently, um, I've, I've, um, have been in existence for more than two years now. Yeah. Um, and it came up a year ago because, um, one of my sweeties, who is a 
um, a hairstylist cuts my hair and my mom really wanted to go to him to cut her hair and um, I was like okay and he was you know totally game for it and thought it was great and, and was really excited to hang out with my mom and to cut her hair and to spend time with her um, and then he asked he was like does she know that we're dating and I was like no um, we have not had that conversation um, and yet and um, so he like cuts her hair and um, we're hanging out and then she had earlier been like I want to go out dancing where and so I'm like you know where do you think we should go out dancing and so we go to this party um, called Mister um, <laughs> in Williamsburg mm-hmm. um, and so that's where we go out dancing it's a Wednesday night and um, she loves to dance and we really connect on that level my mom and I and so we're dancing and at some point in the night um, you know after like a couple drinks I was like mom I have to tell you something she's like what and so I say you know it's about Lucian and I we're in an open relationship and then she, and you know because it's a dance club she's like what and so I'm like Lucian and I we're in an open relationship and she's like oh I know I'm like what you do she's like yeah Facebook it tells me I look you know I read Facebook this is not how she talks I'm totally making a like stereotype of my mother this is not how she talks she's like Facebook told me it says you're in an open relationship and so I took it for what it was and I so I know and I was like oh that's that's fair (laughs) so I was like Topher um who cuts my hair that is another person for whom I date and she's like oh I see and you know and you know since then we've had many other conversations and and she's had a lot of questions and has been generally great um you know but eager to to try and and understand and and um offer her perspective and it's been great conversations but that's the that's the general story i i really <laughs> that story is very meaningful to me just because <laughs> sort of my own coming out story was not as uh easy oh. uh, and it's still you know we're still in in process and trying to figure it out but you know i think uh, i wanted to say that like you know hearing what you you know find uh sparkly about your your network of relationships i think like i it's really helpful and validating to hear someone else you know talk about it and and like put words into something that like i know i think i know in my gut to be true but it's mm-hmm. very very difficult to articulate mm-hmm. and especially hard to articulate to a hostile audience as it were you know someone mm. who doesn't necessarily want to to hear it because right. it, it goes against the status quo the norm their values yeah their values or perception of yeah um, yeah yeah I, I told my dad at my cousin's uh, graduation party in Connecticut and he seemed to be fine with it like also after a few drinks you know I was I was pretty toasty at that point you know a little <laughs> nice some graduation day drinking yeah and uh, yeah and uh, you know I, I sort of said oh well yeah you know Nicolette's queer and he's like oh yeah so, so do, you know what is how does that work <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh well, you know, we're we're in an open relationship. He was like, oh, I did not know that. And then he was quiet, which I read to be like, huh, great. 
contemplative. Yeah, it's thinking. A, thinking, yeah. yeah, like, and it's like, oh, yeah, he seems fine with it. Uh huh. There was no follow up. Um, and there was then, no follow up. Yeah, and then sort of the next time it it came up uh, was when I went home for Thanksgiving, and my mom, uh, my mom got really mad. Uh, sort of, I we we were at Macy's, we were jacket shopping, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, she thought that I should get the medium jacket uh, so I could wear a big sweater under it. Um, but Nicolette liked the, the small. small jacket because it, you know, was like tight and nice and fit my body and your size, my size. Sure. Uh, and that really, like, when I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna go with a small. My mom got very mad, and I was like, she oh my can't, god, she can't be like this. Is this not, is something else? She's not really mad. She's like, not really mad at the jacket. Right. And she's then, not. and so then we get home, and oh Nicolette god. needs to do a laundry. We're like, you know, three hours in, and <laughs> uh, you know. My mom, like, is very careful. She, like, very sort of crossly needs to show us how to use the washing machine. This oh is, God. like, you know, this is the washing machine I've been using for my whole oh my life, God. you know? And so, and Nicola's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I like, I know how to use is a it? washing machine. I've, I've done some wash before. And that, like, <laughs> I, that hit my mom the wrong way. And, like, oh she God. sort of started yelling. And Nicola's Yelling? Started, yeah. Like, there was some, uh, she started yelling and stamped upstairs and Nicolette oh, sort of burst into tears and yeah. ultimately like I sat everybody down and was like what's going on all together all together wow um, you know and my mother says you know I you know um, like I can I can deal with the fact that she's gay <laughs> I can deal with the fact that you're living together but I just can't understand this open relationship and I was like, oh. oh. And I had never really, I hadn't, like, specifically come out to my mom. I had told my dad and sort of in my drunken stage, like, ah, he won't tell my mom, I, you know, which, of course, he would tell he me. He did. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so then it would just, you know, it just sort of was this, 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 this shadow on the whole Thanksgiving experience. And it was all very awkward. And, oh, man. And it just sort of rears its head periodically. But, you know, I think, like the project now is to feel okay sort of in my own life in my own communities in my own sort of chosen family mm-hmm. and then eventually get you know work up the strength to i don't know either i not give a shit what my parents think or i don't know well help them understand yeah i mean I don't know your parents or, uh, you know, but I feel like there's probably a lot of perceptions they have and meanings that they've attached to certain things and are, like, responding from those places. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's been a while since Thanksgiving, but, like, you know, maybe space is, is needed, but, like, also maybe, like, I don't know if they're the kind of people that like to read things and, and like take in information from reading but like maybe you can send them like articles or like yeah. uh we literature uh, about you know and be like hey i care about our relationship and um the way in which you you know respect the relationship i choose to be in and that means you know like this is like really meaningful for me and like i want you to read this and you know, I don't know. We, uh, I, I think, 
we did give my mom uh, the name of Tristan Taramina's book opening up. opening up yeah and she read it and like didn't, right? didn't get it she didn't get it or she just or like couldn't get through it I don't know and I like haven't even read the whole thing but I, it, I do like it it's very intense that book mm-hmm. um, it's like it's all there like it's all all of the permutations and all of the possibilities of what an open relationship could look like I find well maybe so maybe offering Small. articles are not I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that's it, an approach. Right, it's one yeah, approach. Yeah, no, it's not a bad idea. I, maybe asking her what she's afraid of. Oh yeah. You know, because yeah. oftentimes anger comes from like a place of fear Absolutely. and like a place of not understanding and a fear of not understanding. And so maybe asking her what she's afraid of. Yeah. Is a way to start. I like that. Not knowing your mother. No, but I, I, you know, I think you're right. Like, just knowing my own relationship with fear and that I feel mm-hmm. fear a mm-hmm. lot and uh, and trying to, you know, uh, trying to, to understand, like, what fear can do, like, you know, how it's connected to anger, how it's connected to sure. self-doubt, how, you know, it right. is, like, at the and root. And scarcity. And, yes. Yeah. Of, of so many, so many, like... Um, I don't know, debilitating or, or, totally. or heavy feelings. Totally debilitating. Yeah. Fear is totally debilitating. Yeah. Do you, what is your relationship with fear? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There that might are. be another cozy zone. Oh, okay. Uh, so no, no comment on, uh, um, on fear, fear is, fear, um, Fear is something I think about often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's an emotion that uh, I've grappled with a lot. You know, um, you know, like I was saying earlier to you on the train ride, like um, my dad having a stroke two and a half years ago, um, and being a really primary um, source of emotional support for him for the first time in our relationship together as as um son and father um I've had to sit with a lot of fear and hold a lot of fear both for myself and for him and you know for people who grow up whatever you know like fear looks a certain kind of way depending on who you are and like for him as like a working class man who has relied on his body for work and for his sense of identity and purpose his whole entire life having that be um, not full, not taken away because he I feel like I want to like support his own autonomy and like his own sense like you know like to curb the feeling of powerlessness that does that um, disability often comes with it you know what I mean totally. like but like uh, a fear of like that what I have and have relied on is now something that is not as secure and um, that that reliance on one's body and reliance on one's mind as it relates to their position in the world yeah that kind of fear yeah I sit with that fear a lot and I sit with the fear you know like people in my life who are in different stages of healing and different stages of recovery there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of unknown um, 
so I sit with that a lot and it's uh it's something that I try not to you know I try to like actively resist against yeah being the against the like um debilitatingness yeah of it totally because that it feels like if I were to give in to that then I will lose so much more totally that's the short answer that is that is thank you for that and and I'm afraid of so much more oh there's so much in the world to be afraid of absolutely (laughs) but Zach I have to tell you that like sort of another another sort of exciting like something that was exciting for me sitting down and having a cozy zone with you you know is like I I am very inspired by the way that you live your life and move through the world so you know I like you have hinted at such things before absolutely and so you know (laughs) thinking about like my own fears of like you know will I be it's it's not dissimilar but like will I be successful am I doing the right thing am I working hard enough you know these things you know I I sort of I I watch the way that you live your life and you you know you 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 do a job that's very physical and with animals with with very low stress you're a a dog walker we should definitely talk talk about dog walking um uh you know like but and you you there's a lot of love in your life you 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 prioritize friends you prioritize beautiful experiences you prioritize delicious food yeah you know you don't like there is no uh i guess like puritanical limiting puritanical no but like but but like like there's a there's something so i i'm saying that from a from a person as myself like i know that like there is some structure in my mind that makes me believe that like pain is righteousness Ooh. and denying See, that's, oneself that's is christian hegemony I, this is what i'm you have to you. resist christian I, hegemony i hear you i hear you we this can is, talk about that a long time great yeah man let we can i would love to talk about that yes yes we need to resist christian hegemony um and white supremacy and white supremacy and right and so you know and these things have like seeped into my subconscious and like i i watch myself like oh well yeah i like haven't eaten lunch yet today but look at that that means i'm such a hard worker Oof. You know what I mean? Horrible. Like, yeah. of course, yeah, it's horrible and totally. and debilitating again. Well, right. And and it also comes from fear that totally. like that I you know if I don't work hard I will be weak I will not be able to provide for I don't know the mm-hmm. people who rely on me who are those people I mean uh-huh. you know I anyway but I guess like just to or to like prove your worth yeah. But just to say that, like, I really, really appreciate you talking about your fear, but I, I also just, you know, want to offer that it seems like you are fighting a really good fight in the basic way that you live your life, sort of against these things that you are afraid of. Like, you are, you know, of course, you know, you're not going to rid yourself of fear. These things aren't right. going to go right. away. Right. However you are choosing a very like righteous light path that i i really appreciate being right. near and you know as we right. are developing our friendship like it is something that that i find very inspiring and valuable thank you yeah thank you um, um yeah. 
dog walking. <laughs> I don't want to talk about dog walking. I mean, it's meaningful. It's interesting. It's listen. I could have. I could say a lot about dog walking. We don't need like, to talk about dog walking. Ugh. What were you gonna say? Oh, just that, like. building friendships and deep relationships and like putting my heart on the line and resisting fear and asking like putting like really going for it and taking risks and like putting myself in the face of beauty Mm -hmm. that's a core value of mine putting my you know finding the time and making the space to put myself in the face of beauty that's what matters to me and that's what those are like roots you know what I mean yeah like I was talking just last night I was having Shabbos dinner with a really good friend of mine and we were talking about different like different ways of relating to one another in community and like what does it mean to like be really building deep relationships and that doesn't necessarily mean like having intense conversations all the time but it means like building roots instead of fluff Mm. like why would I want to plant a garden full of flimsy hedge bushes when I could plant a garden full of like deep root systems you know what I mean like cultivating that um like no fluff um because who has time for fluff um and I just feel like there's an urgency I I feel an urgency in myself and that not necessarily is a bad thing no um, but to like really hold dear the people in my life and to be building and connecting and I think food is a vehicle for connecting. Mm-hmm. I think food is a ve- it's, food is very powerful for me. Um, food is a vehicle for um, connecting with one's ancestors mm. and to honoring the ancestors and connecting um, with that. And I'm not saying that that means being like this bougie foodie who goes to the farmer's market and like, no. Like that to me means like buying the food for which of like what I could afford and like learning recipes and um, you like viewing the world through like that kind of lens of like learning and having an embodied practice with what we make together. That's very powerful for me. I really love that. Yes. So when we sat down, we sat down for I lunch. I offered you chicken. You offered me chicken, yeah. a delicious chicken with it a was really good. with a rosemary garlic mash. Yeah, marinade, uh, very peppery. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say was the the squash uh, squash and carrot dish that you offered me. Yeah. Um, also, like when I when I tasted it, like there was this immediate. Uh, transportation that happened to like like I was like I am in Morocco right now like I like I am in a different place uh-huh. and you know when I sort of asked you about like I, I couldn't necessarily identify the different spices and when you you, you did a good job yeah yeah there was like cumin but yeah. then like this cumin, cumin and cinnamon yeah but I, I think the thing that struck me most was like oh yeah like I made it up like this yeah. is, you know and that sort of there is this you know, certainly food is a way to, uh, you know, get in touch with your ancestors, but it's also like having the wherewithal and the confidence and like the sort of base knowledge from which to improvise. Yeah, exactly. Is like really cool. Exactly. Well, it's a survival technique. Yeah. It's a improvisation as survival. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you're like as me, for someone like me who really holds dear a community of like folks who grew up poor or working class 
or like mixed class of for whom food was not necessarily something that of which there was endless abundance right like there there are things of which you have and things that you know how to make and endless improvisation and this is what we have and this is what i'm going to make and um there's a lot of a lot of um life lessons to be taken from that and like ways of of living and responding you know and like It's about survival, but it's also about experimentation. And it's like a movement vocabulary. You know what I mean? Like, if you're thinking of it as, like, dance. Yeah. Like, I have a base knowledge of which... Right. There seems to be this emerging metaphor, too, about... At least the way that you are positioning community and relationships and food. Mm -hmm. So, certainly, we, like... I would say most people would be comfortable with all sorts of different cuisines, all sorts of permutations of ingredients and flavors. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. At least the people that I know. Okay. The people that I know, the people in my world would be comfortable with that. Okay. However, they would not be comfortable with endless permutations of, like, love, relationships, romance, something like that. You know, there there is something. You know, uh-huh. but but uh-huh. but I would argue that both are absolutely necessary to live. I mean, you need food to live, of right. course, but you right. also need people. I mean, right. you need a support network and connection and, and connection support. to live yeah, as well. Yeah, totally, totally. And uh, like also something that I, I was thinking about too is like the 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 lack of impetus to investigate our relationships this is something we were talking about on the trail like even even friend relationships like there's not a lot of space there there's no built-in space to say like huh like how is my friendship doing like what does this mean like does this feel good to me like that's because the society we live in devalues relationship that like living in a patriarchal white supremacist capitalist world there's very little space to value like what's the monetary value to relationship not much so, like, the relationships that are valued are based around control. Okay. I see. Like that, I mean, that does makes that make sense. sense? It does make sense. And, like, thinking of relationships outside of those frameworks and resisting that kind of, like, socialization is a really deep thing of, like, valuing your friendships and, like, making the space. So thinking about, like, you know, when you're... In any in any walk of life, there are like the cool kids. There's the popular crowd, <laughs> and often, the, like thinking about this in terms of control, often those people are manipulative and mean, and mean as a like as a as a means of uh-huh. uh, power and control. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that me? I don't know. Um, and like so and also thinking about marriage the idea is that like a man lords over a woman um like I guess we want people to get married and have babies sort of to add you know add like the family is it it has something to do with labor and successors of wealth yeah right um (laughs) uh, well and so but I guess I, food is more easily commodified than relationships because it's not 
food is a thing. Food is a thing. It's right. literally a commodity. There's a supply, there's a demand, there's right. a, it's a thing. Um, I mean, is it is it too bold to say that being it like sort of pursuing a sustainable, nourishing, non-monogamous network of people is is uh, a way of rebelling against this white supremacist patriarchy? <laughs> um, I I. I'll say yeah, yes. I'll say that I in the like I would say that I think that that's what's happening a little bit. Like I would I would say like oh yeah, look at that. Like it it is a it is a, a small act of rebellion. It feels like, um, but mm-hmm. also I think mm-hmm. like it you know the the key part of it is is it you know s- sustainable and nourishing for you you know like if you're if it's not working right it's no good for you like, right exactly. I mean, what we were saying earlier about this idea that, like, open relationships are the answer to things or, like, that, like, you know, like, I'm not really interested in saying to people what they should or shouldn't do or, like, placing a value system upon different kinds of relationships. That's not what I'm interested in. Um, I think that um, any, like, even if it's monogamous relationship, there's still room and space to you know to like think about one's relationship to belonging and one's relationship to control and to possession and what does possession mean in relationship to the people in your life and you know like I think that there is space for that too even in even if like monogamy is like what works for you I think that that's great and that's really also totally important necessary work you know thinking about like the ways that patriarchy or white supremacy or like heteronormative ways of thinking have like been placed upon our lives um, in different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that jumps into my head too are like are Disney movies and just sort of dominant narratives that are that support this patriarchal heteronormativity, capitalist sort of for sure and it, it seems it seems very important that there are counter narratives um, and it's not easy to find those counter narratives it's really hard totally to find them totally and I would say even I would go as far as even to say even the counter narratives need to be critiquing themselves about what kind of narratives mm. they're creating too right like Ooh. there's a lot of amazing brilliant folks out there, like, a lot of queer and trans folks of color talking about um, just, like, the the practice and theories of, like, decolonizing your life and decolonizing your um, relationships in this way. So, like, even, I feel like, the quote-unquote radical spaces or quote-unquote, like, radical ways of, like, um, that add a lot also need to be self-reflective and to think about what kinds of systems those non-monogamy or, or polyamory are creating too in relation to to that you know what I mean yeah it's a process what what could that look like like how does that how does that like sit, like I'm just trying to think of it in a like a mm-hmm. concrete term like uh, alright so 
can you can you talk a little bit about like what uh, like sort of defining like deep uh, colonizing, colonizing your life what that might be or like sort of what questions you might need to ask yourself um couple passing in front of us right now where I, I don't know if you guys know this but we're sitting on a, a bench looking facing out the Hudson. facing the Hudson there's a there's a cargo train slowly passing in front of us a lot of jet skis and, and water boats some stones a little baby I am gonna go as so far to say as um, I don't feel like I can respond right now to the practice of decolonizing. Fair enough. Other than that, um, I mean, I feel like it's a practice in like self-reflection in one's relationship to broader structures, whether it's as, you know, as if you know, whether it's around if you are a white person, or whether it's around you as a class-privileged person, or as um, a person with. Um, able-bodied privilege or you know these like different larger structures like it's a practice like a self-reflection in your relationship to that and like critiquing and um, a broad very deep way of examining one's life that in my post-hike dehydration I don't feel like I can do really accurate justice to right I, now. I hear you. I mean that like I, I ask also because you know I am sort of seeking a good definition but like the what it what it it brings up for me is sort of the historical nature of oppression uh-huh. like that that oppression is is historical it's uh economically driven and that the thi- like there are sort of the structures that are in place in our life uh come from that history um i like i Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And and so and then sort of like, okay. So like like let what are some things I I take for granted? Uh, yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Not like sort of how I feel. Like this is not exactly it. But like how I feel when I see a policeman. Like it's definitely evolved. Like mm-hmm. we we took a walk on Thursday and like came across lots of cops and I I was I felt very nervous. But that nervousness is definitely a new feeling. Like sort of maybe when I was younger and hadn't necessarily considered my my class and and sort of my own privilege in relationship to other people, I'd be like, "Ah, the cops. They're here to save me. They're here to protect me." They serve you, yeah. They serve me because I had not necessarily uh, questioned my own place in right. society and what that meant and sure. what like what that meant like sort of what else I was giving up if they were serving me. Lots of lots can of you, motorcycles. Can you hear the motorcycles? Yeah, we oh definitely can hear the motorcycles. Oh, okay. So we'll just call out. There's like a there's a, a crew. There's a motorcycle crew behind us. It looks like there's. Maybe a dozen motorcycles getting ready to take the Hudson by storm. Oh, look, a little trolley. Yeah, there's a little trolley. Very nice. Um, 
I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking. We'll we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. We'll wrap it up. So that here's sounds good. Here's the final question. Oh great! It's big big final question. Woohoo! So uh, Zach, as you may know, I am. Uh, I uh, work very closely with the Cozy Zone Foundation, <laughs> which is uh, extremely well endowed foundation that actually provides unlimited funds uh, to artists to make collaborative artistic projects. Oh, wow. Um, And so you and I, uh, in this this fury of motors and and loudness, we have an opportunity, (laughs) oh boy, to to devise, (laughs) to devise a collaborative artistic process. Maybe we could even do it on the train. Sounds good. Yeah, because this is getting a little loud. Yeah, let's do it on the train. Great. All right, see you soon. So we are on the Metro North, homebound, gazing at the Hudson, rushing past us. Beautiful. Beautiful. So the task ahead of us, Zach, is to devise a collaborative art project. We have unlimited funds. Great. Presumably, it should incorporate our our interests, our assets, um, as as much as possible. Um, you're you're a performer of all different kinds. Yeah, it's true. You're a dancer. Yeah. You are a writer. Yeah. You are a maker of collages. That's and, true. And. Uh, then setting those collages in found frames. Um, me, I, I like to write. I like to perform. I, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking a lot, like, thinking about making a really giant mess like that, like something like very messy is appealing these days. Um, you know, I think... I think we have a lot of intersecting politics. Yeah. Um, I would not maybe say the same, but I would say definitely intersections. intersections. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think... Um, well, I already know the artistic project I would want to do with you. Oh, great. You want to hear it? Yeah. Well, I think one artistic overlap we have is um, around, like sensory experiences mm. um, and like the body and like embodied experiences mm-hmm. and um, food oh. and we've already cooked together once yeah. but I feel like something I'm really interested in is like I've gone to some shows in people's homes and like performances in people's homes and it, and like it being a like one-on-one kind of performance and the intimacy that that can create and I'm really interested in that because I've never done that before but I would be interested in like no like no limit on funds that's right like we would collectively create an environment of which then we would cook dinner a dinner together grand whatever dinner we want um, of food and and that and the food would be a major part of there would be very little talking, okay. but there, but there would be um, a soundtrack. There would be music, okay, and it would the music would be part of the environment. This is lovely, and um, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Maybe that's 
well, there's more no, to well, think about this. Well, certainly. I mean, we can, uh, you know, we can sort of uh, define what this could be. Um, the ticket taker's coming. I'm just yeah, yeah. my ticket here. Um, all right. I love I love the idea of cooking together. I mean, immediately what like sort of the the beauty of that would be from my own perspective is like it, it, it renders you extremely vulnerable. It, it renders me very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's definitely like there's this idea of feeling like you're in like th this tension between feeling like an expert feeling like a novice like totally. I feel that almost on a daily basis like there's something that like I don't know again it's sort of like a neurotic thing that I do but like I always like sort of say oh well you know I'm still learning this I'm I'm uh well oh yeah it's alright we're part of our train community okay yeah. um yeah. Um, and so, and I think like, yeah, there, like there is like I, I know what tastes good. I have right. you know a pretty, I guess, sensitive palate, like to differentiate various flavors. But mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know like the alchemy or the techniques how to make those things happen. Um, right. I, I also love to host. And I, yeah, I think I the idea of like with very little talking, like how could you, like how could an environment sheerly by the design sort of inform how people are to enter in, how they're supposed right. to interact, and like with very little sort of prompting on our part. Right. Like certainly we are there, but merely as people holding space and not necessarily directing the experience. I also, I mean, there's just. I'm picturing such a funny interplay between <laughs> us cooking together mm -hmm. um, because there's so much like power and and sort of like there, there's things there there are, are there's the kitchen bottom there's the kitchen top yes, there's like yes, who's exactly. bottom lining something right. who's assisting the other <laughs> yeah. taking direction listening yes. intu intuition yeah there's all of these <laughs> yeah all of these you know interplays <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, there's that. I, that that's huge. And yeah. there's like steps to it. Right. There's waiting. Right. And there's chance. Yeah. Like, food is a thing of which you can only do so much and then hope that what your intentions were is the result. Um, you know, similar to similar live performance. performance, similar to relationships. Relationships, there's right hope and chance and unknown and right. Would we would we devise a different menu for each performance? Would we like work on a menu for a while, like for an evening? Um, I imagine we would want to change them. I think we would want to change them. I wouldn't want to cook the same. Thing. No. I think we would change the menu for sure, um, oh, and it would be for an audience. Like well, we would host people. Yeah, we'd well, the hosts. and it sounds like it, it sounds like there might be there might be two parts. Actually. Maybe it's two parts. So there might be maybe it's not a performance, but there's some sort of recording of like our sort of kitchen interplay. Like I 
feel That's like fun. like that is super the fun. Kitchen and, fun. The kitchen interplay is fun. And it's so very much. chatty, very yeah. like, oh, well, what are you doing? Like, put that over there. Right. Oh, did you cut it like that? No. Yes. I'm come on. I'm trying. Like, and where, did, where's the cumin? It's over there. Okay. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then and then sort of that falls away and it becomes this very like ritualized somber. You know, maybe not somber, but like, I, like I'm, I'm picturing something like, I don't know, not exactly like a Robert Wilson play, but everything mm. is very stylized. We have a, amazing outfits, definitely amazing um, outfits. Like and like sumptuously designed set, like a lot of wood. Yeah. You know, like an, a gorgeous yeah. table, gorgeous dishes, gorgeous dishes, and like glass ceramic. Yeah, and like you know. All, all like commissioned and designed specifically for this performance. Yeah, every the, there would be a lot of very fine detail. And uh, I have to tell you, like something that I would want to do is I would just want to silently watch this person eat, mm. and like both of us are sort of standing over this person. Well, maybe it's maybe it's that if it's a one person performance, like one audience member, maybe we solicit information from them ahead of time to create an experience for them. So maybe we solicit certain ingredients that they love or certain dishes they love. That sounds Maybe. Wonderful. Or like maybe we solicit yeah, not, not the dishes. Maybe it's like the soundtrack is informed by them. Oh, yeah. I mean... So then we create a, a container and then we watch. We would watch how they... We would watch how they response. response. Yeah. Um, That's powerful. It is powerful. And like I know that like when I want to eat... I like it feels better to eat with someone to share it with someone and it, like I would definitely I would have a lot of like sort of anxiety over if, not well if I was alone, with, eating one. alone what with like these two silent that Jews lording over me <laughs> that would be a little weird we would eat with the person would, oh oh okay for sure but like but in but in terms of talking I guess they they shouldn't talk that's nice eating with them is very nice eating with them that is softens nice. it I think I think not talking takes away a certain amount of pressure. Great. And it, it, it makes them focus on the experience. Right. And it's like the experience. And the space being held. Right. That's nice. And then you know, maybe like maybe they have access to the somehow they have access to like the kitchen play as well. Like maybe they can switch it on at some point or they get it afterwards or or like they see it before. I think it's before. Yeah, and maybe it's a video, or they they watch us do it. Probably not, because in order for everything to be ready on time, right, it would all need to be happening before. Right, that would be super fun. That would be fun. I like that. So now then, the best part, my favorite part, is to come up with a name for this artistic experience. Ooh. Mm. Um. We just left. We just left uh, Peekskill. Peekskill. A lot of public art on the Hudson towns. Um, the name of this artistic project. Mm -hmm. 
Eat and run. I'm, no. I'm uh, just, I had to start it. You got it? Eat and run. All right, all right. Just uh, not, not it. Um, I know it's not it, but just to get us started here. Great. Um, uh, <laughs> Dine and Dash. What? What? Dine and Dash. It's no. <laughs> I think it might need to be a bit more uh, fine art title. I guess. Like... Uh, Ainsley's Gestalt. That's not it. I don't know. We do. You, do, do, do you know an Ainsley? I don't. I don't know an Ainsley. Know Ainsley Gestalt. Um, kitchen top, man. Kitchen bottom. Um, kitchen talk. Kitchen talk. So you're in this, so it's really about, like, eating with these, it's sort of... Well, it's, like, about the intimacy of, like, being provided with, it's, like, the environment, you know, like, it's about hosting, it's about sharing um, food, but it's about, like, it's also about, like, being provided for, you know? Yeah. Like, someone is two people are cooking for you and and it, but it's like this environment and there's like it, it's I imagine a, it being very warm yeah you know? I mean it's a haven it's a, I imagine a lot of yellow yellow like the color of the walls interesting would be oh, yellow okay like light yellow oh yes you know? yes daffodils daffodils there would be daffodils there'd be flowers you know like I want like Totally. Oh yeah. Sensory. It's beautiful. Not yeah. overload, but just lush. Um, lush and lush. and because I was I was imagining a little heavier. Oh, but, I don't. But let's 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 lighten it up. So our we're not wearing like black. No. We're wearing something Think fun. Like twee. Twee. You know, twee as an aesthetic. Yes. Like yes. Twee aesthetic. Oh great. Think twee. Okay. Think twee. Yeah. Um. Twee for two. That's a, that, not not it. Twee for two. But pretty funny. Um. <laughs> uh, taste this. Um. Seconds, please. Mm. Um. Please, sir, I want some how about, more. How about have some more? Have some more. Cortland Station, Cortland. Uh, have some more. That's too weird for a time. That's Is not, it? I don't know if that's the right one. Have, have some more. Um, would you like some more? Um, I, something about more. More. Because it's like, plenty. there's a lot, you know, like, I don't want abundance because abundance is overused and it's not. Like, it's like, or it's like, there's plenty. Good and plenty. Room for more. Room for more. Room for more. Maybe. Room for one more. That's that's the standard room because it is a room. Room for more meaning room for more food. Right, or but like also more, also more as in like more like. And this is a what? we're like, in a room. Right. Room for more. Room for more. I like it. Room for more. Is that a question or is that the? No. No question. No question. Right. Room, for, room more. for more. I like it. No punctuation. I like it. Great. Okay. Um. Great, Zach. Do you have any uh any final thoughts? Anything you want to ask me? Oh, no. My final thoughts are, this has been delightful. Well, 
It has been delightful. Thank you for this amazing day. What a treat. Let's do it again. Please. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. We are intimately finding our peaceful, cozy zone. And then he interviews friends. It's awkward and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please snuggle up sweet. A beautiful thing is cozy zone.